Welcome to Everything House Music and More. And today's special guest is the one and only, the Chicago's tightest female DJ, Erica Campbell, a.k.a. DJ Sundance. Make some noise. <laughs> hey, Sundance. What's up, Mimi? Okay, so now we, we got to get this out of the way. Okay. A lot of people don't know why you call me Mimi and you're the only one that can do this. So please explain, because I'm, I'm tired of telling people about this. So please explain uh, why you call me Mimi. Years ago, I looked at a, a picture of you, and you just looked like a uh, sumo wrestler. Wow, Because wow. <laughs> you had hair, it was in the, the male bun, okay. and you just looked like, you know, a Okay, Mimi so now y'all know why she called me Mimi. Yeah, that's So it's Mimi. nothing else. You're forever not, Mimi. Right. So it's just, that's, that's, that's Sundance right there. Right. So Sundance, let's get into it. Okay. We all know house music, the genre is a feeling, but how would you define it musically? It is just that. It, it's a feeling. But remember, Mimi, I was coming from two different worlds. I right. was coming from when I first, I was born in Chicago, but I left very young and, and went to Inglewood, California. Oh, okay. So... When I was coming up in L.A., it was all about um, K-Day, um, N.W.A. had just surfaced, uh, Dr. Dre, right. you know, so it was that right. era. So when I came back, my uncle was, he was heavily involved in disco. Now, who was your uncle? His name is Ethel. He was, okay. he was a musician. He was... Um, Man, he was a dope DJ, and he was a big disco head. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you, I want to go on to another question, but I want to ask you this. Why do you call yourself the Chicago tightest female DJ? For, for branding reasons. Okay. It doesn't mean I'm better than, you know, her, her, or her. Um, at the time, I've had that tagline attached to my name Maybe almost 19 years. Okay. So at the time, I was dating a guy that was a computer techie geek. Right. And when he was telling me about um, search engine optimization, when he was oh, telling me about SEOs, the SEOs, right. about um, the Google search and how what what's heavily populated. Right. That's when he was like, you need to add something with female DJ. Okay, okay. I, I just want to put that out there because a lot of people ask me or, you know, they question that. I just wanted to make sure we know about okay. that. Okay. Oh, say, okay. So what year did you start DJing and how did you get into it? Uh, DJ. Maybe 95, 96. 95 is when I really start collecting. Okay. But my influence, again, my uncle. Right. Yeah, he was he was heavy into it. He was a musician, uh, he played for the churches, but I really, I didn't want to be a DJ. Right. What would you want to be? I wanted to be a professional drummer. Oh, get out of here. Yep. Oh, I wanted to be y'all. a drummer. Eric, over there drumming. Yep. Okay. But when I came back from LA, majority of my friends that I had came up with, they had already got jobs at big churches. Right. They had already um, 
moved on, played for bigger artists. Shout out to my homie, uh, Lil Man. He plays for Maxwell. Oh, nice. Um, and then some of my friends, they play for all the big mega churches. So all of my friends have moved on. Okay. So I kind of let that go in right. me. But it was something with that 4-4, right. with the measure that connected me with music. Because I've, I've always been a big JB uh Buff, okay. James Brown Buff. So what was your first professional gig as a DJ? Cubby Bear. Cubby Bear, Northside. Yeah. Get out Cubby of here. Bear. I um when I learned how to DJ, um I didn't think that I was good enough. And at the time, me and Phantom, we were really close. That's DJ Phantom? Yeah. Okay. And um, I asked him to go up there with me just for support because I was scared as hell. Right. And um I had my mix pre-programmed okay so i knew and that and i had it not like pre-mixed but just in your head you know what you're gonna play no i had the records in the crate right right so i mean order. sometimes you say pre-mixed and then people think like you had it done already but you know no, it was pre-programmed right. before i got there hold on so, a put your screen uh saver back on it went out on this. okay i don't know how to do it man. oh lord jesus y'all take it some time we're gonna keep this in here too <laughs> I wonder who gave me this faulty-ass TV. But anyway, let's go, Mimi. Chop, chop. So I had the um, I had the mix pre-programmed. Right. Did the mix. Did a great job. Okay. And Phantom, he kind of gave me that stamp of approval. But shit, I didn't need it by then. I was already taught by the greatest. So, Ooh, okay. yeah, I was already taught by Chicago's top DJs. So, um, right. Who were some of those DJs? Steve Maestro was my first DJ. Steve he was Maestro. my first mentor. Okay. Um, but he got a record deal in New York. Right. And he left. Okay. And then Bulu stepped in. Bulu and Maestro. Bulu spent the most time with me. Okay. Yeah, Bulu okay. was more technical. Right. It was like Sundance. You got to learn how to read a crowd, music, okay. measures, stuff like that. Great. Now, this is the, 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 the DJ side. Now, I want to take it back for you being an artist. So, we're okay. going back late 80s. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you came in the game with Fast Eddie and you mm -hmm. guys did Get On Up, mm -hmm. how did that come about? Tell everybody, you know, because this is a new genre. Mm -hmm. it, you know, we was house crazy back in the late 80s. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden became this new people rapping over it. So, you know, we give Fast, credit, Fast Eddie credit on mm -hmm. creating that style, that genre, hip house. I yep. know I do. And anybody the want to debate does. that? Uh, we, we, yeah, some people say it, but we, we're, that's on another time we can debate that. Okay. But take us through how did that came about between you and Fast Eddie. Um, I had just got back to Chicago. I think I was a, a junior in high school, and I won a, a rap contest. And one of the judges knew Eddie. Right. So it was me, it was my boy Jolly D, okay. and my boy Rockbox. Okay. So because I was so small at the time, but my voice carried, we won. We won $75. Oh, wow. And um, when we won, the guy was like, hey, you know, but he was drunk as hell at the time. Right. It was His name was uh, Jammin' Jack Starling. Okay. He said, I know this guy that's looking for a female rapper. Um, I'm gonna contact you. Okay. And um, they all gave us the twenty five dollars, and we went our separate now, ways. Now, were you a rapper at this time? I, I've always been a rapper. Okay. Yeah, that was my escape because I had some major issues at home here in Chicago and okay. at home in L.A. Okay. Yeah. So that that was your getaway. That was my release. Okay. So go ahead. From now, you met 
You get exchange numbers. I met Jack. We exchanged numbers. Um, it took it took some months to get in contact with me because my grandmother was super strict. She right. wasn't playing that. You're not gonna be in the presence of a grown ass man. Your titties and ass growing. <laughs> Fuck he won't. Right. But um, I snuck away on a Saturday and I called him. I used a payphone. Okay. Another wow, generation that's, that's don't know that's a, pay that was yeah. phones that was outside at the time that you right. had to put in so a quarter, I, right? And so dial the number. So I used the payphone and he, I called him. And I said, hey, this Sundance is the girl that won the rap competition. And we met and we uh, planned another date to for him to take me down to the studio. Okay. So and now you you at the studio. I met Fast Eddie. Okay. I knew who he was right. on the west side. He was the shit. He, okay. was, he was like the Dr. Dre of his time. So wow. I knew who he was. Yep. And uh, we met. And... Um, when we met, he said, hey, uh, you got something for this? And it was the instrumental to get up. So so you wrote your own verse to that? I wrote mine. He wrote his. Okay. So tell yeah. me, go take me to the process. So we, we recorded. When we set another day back up, um, we recorded. And it, it wasn't even anything to it. Wow. You know, it was my first time in a professional studio. Yeah. Um, it was my first time around business people or what I thought business was. Um, uh, now, was this down at DJ International? or Yeah, 727 okay. Randolph. Yeah, yeah. Rocky was there. Lauren was there. Okay. Uh, Benji was there. Rest in peace, Benji. Right. And um, everything just kind of, it just kind of fit. So, Eddie, guess, Eddie did the track beforehand? Yeah, the so track was, was created before I even got in the picture. Okay, nice. So, um, I and Get Up was... Such a older rap. Right now, so the song Get On Up. So mm-hmm. now was the sample in there already or it was just like that with the sample in there? No, that's not a sample. That's Eddie. Oh, that's Eddie saying that. Mm-hmm. Ah. So did that, you create the hook with that? Or did he create he the hook? He created the hook. Okay. okay. He created the hook. Get up was like a old I had like six composition uh folders that I used to rap. Uh, keep up and, and write raps when I was in LA. Right. And when I came to Chicago, because things didn't fit. Okay. Because I would write about water, the beaches, and stuff. Right. Living in LA, that didn't apply here. So, so you knew right along this was going on Fast 80s album? Well, yeah, after they told me, but I'm 15. I don't know. You know, I have an abusive grandmother. She wasn't trying to hear none of that shit. Wow. She was like, she ain't recording. Right. Take off. N- all that <laughs> shit. I'm, I'm tearing all this shit up. <laughs> all right. So the record comes out. The record comes out and I go missing for almost a year. What? You go missing? Like, okay, explain that. Um... I really wasn't fast. I was just more inquisitive about boys. Lies. (laughs) And um, messed around and got pregnant. Mm. And um, get up. You were in Chicago? I was in Chicago. Okay. Um, Once I got here in 88, I've been here ever since. Okay. So um, once I got pregnant, I didn't think anything about the record. I just thought my grandmama going to snap, lose it. So were you hearing were you hearing the record on radio being played at this time? I'm gonna tell you what happened, Mimi. Okay. This was the defining moment that I knew something is up with this record. I was going north on Central. Okay. I was on the bus stop. Wow. 
and a guy pulled up in like a Malibu. He had sounds that was shaking the windows of the laundromat that wow. was behind the bus stop. Right. And he was playing it up. And I was like, damn, that's my song. And I'm on the fucking bus stop. Wow. Yeah, but I, I went missing for like about nine months. So so during that time, you never toured with Fast Eddie to do I a did, show? I okay, did once I surfaced again. Okay. Because they they contemplated on not putting the record out because they didn't they didn't know what was up with me. They didn't right. know where I was. Right. They knew they couldn't go to my grandparents. Okay. Um, so that it stayed stagnant for a while. Right. And then one day Jack saw me walking down Chicago Avenue. Now Jack, who is Jack? Jack is the same guy that gave me the $25 at the rap competition. Okay. Okay. Jamming Jack Star. He was like, Sundance. And I turned around and we we reconnected. It was on um it was it was a bittersweet moment because right. I wasn't doing well at the time, but at at this time I was about six months. Okay. I was I was showing right. you know, in my pregnancy. And Jack took me to some female's house. They they cleaned me up and okay. I had a lot of hair at the time. They did my hair. He took me straight to DJ International. He was like, I found Sundance. Oh wow. So so do you remember where everywhere you toured at? When we toured no, okay. um, we were all overseas. I went everywhere. So I had a passport at seventeen. Wow. I had um, ending now. I think I'm on my fourth passport. Right. That's how many times we. So we knowing that, that you had to get on up now, was there supposed to be a follow up or anything? Did you ever talk to Fast Eddie about that? Um, we did another song called "Work Your Body." It didn't have the friction that Get Up had. Um, and then Rocky was like, I want to do a project with Sundance. Okay. But Eddie was on a different note. Eddie was like, can I be candid? Absolutely. This your, Eddie, this Eddie was like, fuck this shit. Fuck her. This my shit. This my time. Now, at 15, right. I didn't know better. Right. But at 50, I understand where he was coming from. Okay. I'm trying to see, you know, understand the logic at the time. But I'm like, Eddie, the song is hot. He was like, yeah, but the song is on my album. This right. is not I mean, your song. Well, I mean, it, it can be on his album, but he can also do some a project with you also. But he I didn't. Mean, yeah. I'm just saying, I, I you say where well, you see where he was at at 50. I, I just say it wasn't a business mindset because you can do both it, it, at the same time. He, I didn't say he had a business no. mindset. <laughs> I said I understood his decision and I accepted his right. decision. So Rocky felt like this girl got some writing power. Let's find her a DJ. Ah. In comes Mike Dunn. Oh, okay. okay. So Mike was new at DJ International. Right. Dance mother had just. Now, what year is this? This had to be 90. Okay. So okay. Get Up still was rocking, but Get Up was falling off the charts. Right. Once right. Get Up charted, right. um, you know, it, it had its time. Yeah. So Rocky was like, let me find her some producers. But at the time, the track that Mike had for me, Mike had released the shit to Eddie, had given it to Eddie for another follow-up. Is that Renegades? <laughs> How did you know that? Girl, come on, I do my history. That's Renegades, yeah. Wow. So now I'm asked out again, and the contract is running out. So right. Rocky is scrambling trying to find producers. Right. So um, I got a call one day. Okay. 
and the call was Sundance. Um, we hear your contract is is running out at DJ International. Uh-huh. I'm gonna come pick you up. Right. Uh, this young man came. He picked me up. Okay. We had dinner. He took me to Jive Records. Oh. And at the time, D-Nice record, they called me D-Nice. D-Nice was in Chicago right. mixing down some stuff. He had did some stuff with Mr. Lee. Right. So he said, well, Sundance, this is Jive. You know, if you join us, you know, we, we got Derek here. So who was the person that picked you up? Man? Wayne Williams. Wayne Wayne is, the, in a, is in the history of a lot of things. All <laughs> right. You know, so, why don't we call him the house story? Right. Even though some of his stories are kind of far-fetched, but we're going to go with this one right Wayne here. Williams yeah. gave okay. me the tour. Big props, Wayne Williams. Yeah, he gave me the tour, and we we were walking in the hallway. It was a young man on the floor okay. with a Casio um, keyboard with a composition book. And Wayne stepped over him, so I stepped over him. Right. So as we were walk, walking further down, down the uh, the hallway, right. I said, Wayne, who is that? He said, Oh, this is a young man named Robert Kelly. <laughs> wow. And he was he opened the door like he hadn't even said that shit. Opened the door and that was the night. So I walked into Derek's um Nice. So what what happened with, with, with that session with um with Jive Records? I didn't record with them. I didn't um I didn't sign out wow. of fear. That was oh my one of my biggest regrets with Jive and I had another uh, regret to go work in New York at Def Jam oh, when wow. I first got into radio. Wow. Yeah. Well, my so, homie Ron Scott, but Ron had passed away from cancer. Okay. So how is your relationship with Fast Eddie to this day? We don't talk. Huh. Is that personal or just your on your half or his half or both? I think it's mutual. I think um, we've just grown apart. Okay. We tried to rekindle when right. we did uh, Bass Crown maybe nine years ago. Right. Um, and we were getting shows because I guess people really wanted to see us perform yeah. again. But when it was time to pay me, I said, oh, uh, no. Yes. 1980s uh, payments are a yes. little old right now, huh? Yeah, and I was doing more and I have more to offer. It's right. like, dude, I'm walking into my 20th year of DJing. I'm on the radio. I'm working the records. Right. I'm getting the records sold. Right. And now I'm DJing and introducing you as well as doing bass crown and get up. Wow. I'm doing more and you're still paying me yeah. like it's 1990. Well, you know, I, I pray that you guys, you know, get some type of, you know. We cool. Like resolution in that. No. Okay, we cool. you good? Okay. I'm I'm cool where I am. Very good. And and, and I'm not saying it like, you know, fuck them, but I'm saying it as Eddie brought out the best in me right. as a producer. Right. I like working with him. Okay. I don't like his 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 business ethics. Okay, well no, we hey, that's understandable and, and that's that's your truth, so that's no problem. Mm-hmm. So now we fast forward. So let's go to the late nineties after you start DJing. Okay. Once you start getting your, your first professional gig at the Cubby Bear. Okay. What happens next for Sundance? I kept going. Right. Um and then I had a, another task where I had to prove to my program director that I was good enough to DJ on Chicago radio. Because at the time, my, my PD at the time was Elroy Smith. Okay. Elroy and what station was that? This was at GCI, WGCI, my first station. 107.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was at my first station. Elroy didn't really believe that women could spin or hmm. women should DJ. Right. And I used to tell him all the time, you know, I'm dope. I'm fly. I'm Sundance. And he wasn't rocking with it until wow. he saw me DJ for um, 
Pastor Charles Jenkins at the Lamborghini dealership. Get out of here. Wow. What year was this now? This had to be about uh, 2001, okay. two. Okay. And then you, you ended up on WGCI. I was on GCI. And then you became a mixer on there. I became a, a guest, guest mixer. Guest mixer, I should say. Uh-huh. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And so take me through the process of that. Right, just didn't believe that women could DJ at the time. He he only had faith in like Spinderella, um, all the New York DJs, but he he didn't see that for women. But you had a good good relationship with him. I had a good relationship with him, and I used to submit mixes okay. all the time under just slide them under the door. And this is when you're you're on air personality. I'm, at the I time. still was on air. I okay. still I had a a, a full time contract. Wow. And he just didn't believe it until he saw me at the. Uh, dealership and when right. he saw me the next Monday he called me in and he wanted to talk. And what was your time slot at the time? I was overnights. Overnights, okay. Yeah. But you moved to GCI, you moved to an earlier shift during after the years, correct? Or that no. was at the other station? No. All right, yeah, take, all right yes, walk that me was through at that. the other okay, station. Okay, so so walk me through everything. So after GCI then what? So after GCI, when Elroy left, he went to Philadelphia, the position was open for PD. Derek Brown comes in. Okay. So um, when Derek came, Carla Box was still at V103 at the time. Right. Mike Julius was at V103 at the time. And Effie Roth used to always say, Sundance, they're hiring over here. Okay. You need to come over here. I wanted to be on V103 because V103 had a union. Right. At the time. GCI didn't have a union yet. Okay. So um, gave an air check. Right. He liked it. He was like, okay, cool. But so it was a one more hour added to my shift. Okay. But it equated to $42,000 more. Okay. On on my uh, salary. All right, now. See, now we're talking about that. But the. it, it really wasn't even a down a downside to that. He was like, "You want to mix?" Right. And I was like, "Hell yeah!" So I've been mixing. So you was a radio personality and, and doing the, the mix show. Yeah. Wow. And it was it was hard to bridge that gap. I've always wanted to be known as both. Right. Even though I had to prove myself. Right. But I so, think I proved it with Derek at the time. Doug Banks came to Chicago. Right. And he did this event, and. Um, Derek put me on the event. Wow. And Doug ate it up. And then how long were you on for, uh, at V103? I was on V maybe three and a half years. Okay. And then um, it's funny. When Obama got in office, okay. um, about 17 black women got fired. What? Yeah. And I at was V103? In, yeah. In Man. sales and... Marketing, um, on air shifts. Okay. Like I lost my job. Beyonce, Trey Tyler, right. uh, Irene Mojica, Frankie wow. Robinson, all of us lost our jobs. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So after V103, where did you go to? Um, it was known that I was a free agent, and okay. then the program director at 1063 snatched me up and gave me middays. Nice. Middays with Sundance. That's mm-hmm. right. And how long you, you was there for? Oh. Maybe six years. Beautiful. Look at that. You better. You had a long stint in radio Sundance. People don't understand that. Yeah. 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 And I mean that's that's good. That's good for your resume. That's good because people really don't know that this is part of you. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So let me ask you this. 
as DJing and doing all these house mixes and house parties and everything, where would you say you get your style of DJing from? Because it is it is a little different. Really? Absolutely. I, I think play it is. different? Yeah. And the reason How I say so? that. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I played different. Well, I, you play different because you're more of a tracky DJ. Mm-hmm. Like, you play banging tracks. Uh, now you play in the Afro house. But I, I can say you're never the one that play like disco or anything like that. You'll play one now and then. Mm-hmm. But your main, I think, the way you attract people is because you play a lot of the beating stuff, beating tracks, you know, jacking Be- because tracks. Because it, it came from the west side of me. Okay. Be- we know beat tracks. So so that's why I'm saying that's your style. See, I'm not saying as, okay. as a distant. I'm just saying. I didn't know I had a style. I just I, I, knew. I think that's what your style is because I can't say you like anybody else that had come in and play our classics. Although you can play anything because mm-hmm. you 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 your your spectrum is good, hip hop, R and B, right, um, and house. But I, I say as a house DJ, I'm just saying how your style is. I think it's more tracky, mm-hmm. uh, not too much songs, but then the Afro house you play a lot. Eat shit out right, of right. That's me what I'm me. saying. So that's what I'm saying about your style. I've been playing Afro tracks maybe 2013. Right, right, right. I don't care what nobody say. I know I started playing it first because when I was playing it, I was getting dissed. Lil John was talking shit about me on the radio. Monty was talking shit about me on the radio. And to be honest with you, Mimi, um, the program director at 106.3, he had a problem with what I was playing. He was like, Sunday, as you playing this stuff and it's not in English, we don't know what it's saying. It could be offending a different race. It could be offending our race. Right. And I, I pretty much was like... All right, so let me ask you this now. Shit, I'm still going to play it. Since you've been on radio, uh-huh. how did radio accept house music? Did they really appreciate it? Did they diss it? Because out of Mike Love, I talked to um, beforehand, Steve Migley Maestro, uh, I always wanted to get the radio perspective of why didn't Chicago radio take house, which is ours, mm-hmm. embrace it, push it like New York radio did hip hop, everything like that. Why do you think your perspective, why didn't they do that? My opinion, I think it comes from um, PDs that's not from here. Okay. But you have PDs that is from here. Right. To, to be honest with you, Jay Allen is from, he, he's from here. Yeah, but th- th- this is my problem. And I said this before, and, and I'm, I'm, I stick to my guns. I did a Facebook post when when they, when he did that, like he took house music off the air, mm-hmm. didn't want it back on there on the mix show or anything like that. And I'm like, why would you do that? Even though you do these big house parties and that get money makes, from it, that makes more money and get more attention than your hip hop concerts, but you steady don't want house on the air. I can understand from a business side point, but some fucking body got to stand up and be like, listen, I'm going to support this because uh-huh. it's house. And see, the reason why I'm so adamant about this because house made me. Mm-hmm. It, 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 house this is, made me me. House made me. Absolutely. This is, this is, what, my this, beginning. Is, this is my bread and butter. This is not nothing I do for fun. I mean, on a side, like, oh, I just want to do this. So when people speak about it, mm-hmm. I get passionate about it because this is my livelihood. And I love it so much because it fed my family, mm-hmm. put my, my daughter through college. It did everything. Well, Mimi, I think one pers- one side 
is the PDs that's not from here. Correct. They they will never accept it because it's not is they don't have the blood in them. Right. I, I just see they don't have the blood and and they, they don't have the balls to push something and be that person to be like I'm very progressive. I see what's going on here. Chicago is the birthplace of house music. Mm-hmm. We should promote this music. It I, was some that did that, yes. But did they push it to the to extent where they could almost get fired to be like, I was the leader in this? I don't think they did. Mm-hmm. You know? I think the days of supporting house music, the way BMX channeled in on it, right. I don't think that we'll ever see that. Yeah, we, And I no, think it, a, a lot of it comes from Chicago does not have a, I mean, not Chicago. House music does not have a face like hip hop. Hip hop has a face to it. So uh, explain that. House music doesn't have a face. Okay, but explain that. I mean, I don't understand that. Like, like it's, one it's person. Some people, it's some people in the industry. I didn't know who who the hell they was because we lack videos. Also, oh yeah. We, so we so DJ the, the Lil John, DJ Lil John said that too. As he think the reason why house didn't go as far is because we didn't have any videos. Uh, yeah, that hurt okay. us. Okay. Because we, we didn't have, and that's what I mean, we didn't have a face to it. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, fast forward to now. Right. Uh, Teresa Griffin's song, Wonderful, produced right. by Terry. That's a remix. Why isn't that record on regular rotation? The record is now older now, but it is still a classic oh, yeah. house record Absolutely. in Chicago. And we know that that's... that's the original was a slow record. Right. So I th- just, this is the remix of it, which I think was great. But I, I told somebody this before that I was speaking with prior to you, that when me and Terry was in when the music conference and we, and we was he was promoting that record, we played it out there years before Chicago Radio got a hold of it. Mm-hmm. So it was like seven years after the fact. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Terry, isn't this crazy, man, that I still have the original CD that you got right here that we played seven years ago. And Chicago was just really getting on this record. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, man. But the the evolution of how radio is now, um, my assistant PD is my daughter's age. Right. Yeah. So if the if the assistant program director is my daughter age, which which is thirty two, she doesn't. She's not aware. Right. Of no. I Teresa, she, I, I get. I know. I, I, not I only that, that, she was shocked when she found out I had a record. Right. You know, Sundance. You had a record. Right. You know, so. A lot of that has to blame because more of the bigger bosses are depending on the assistant PDs. Right. And we don't have music directors anymore. So, you know? so let me ask you this then. Mm-hmm. How has Chicago Radio helped house music? And where did Chicago Radio fail Chicago house music? I think Chicago Radio has failed us in okay. house music. Do you think it helped us? Nope. Mm. It's not enough. Right. Because I run the specialty show. Right. And the specialty show on Fridays is house music. On Saturdays is stepper music. Wow. Okay. I just believe that the same with stepper music, it does not have a face. Right. It needs a face to identify with. We don't take videos. We half-ass on Facebook and Instagram. We do not accept the concept of social media. Right. So somebody like Drake and Beyonce can come in right. and eat and, it up. All right. So I have to ask everybody this. Mm-hmm. And I know you got started here. You came here to Chicago late. Uh-huh. But where do you think the term house music came from <laughs> in your perspective? 
from the West Side perspective, it was music played in somebody's house. Really? Yep. That's all the West Side perspective? Um, born and raised from the from being from the West Side, I think that was that was the concept. Really? Yeah, and but but we didn't really generate to a lot of um disco stuff. We played a lot of tracks, beat tracks, because I heard you right. speak about that right. in the Mike Love interview. You right. didn't even know what beat tracks were. Right. That's shame on you, Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was either, you know, ghetto house, booty house. Uh, but it started from beat tracks. Well, I mean, we did tracks, tracks like back 117. In the day. Yeah, but yeah, those that, that called beat tracks, we just called those, you know, tracks, you know, just, I guess it was called beat tracks. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I get I, I get you with that. Okay. Okay, so since you came here during '88, who was some of the DJs that you looked up or you heard a lot about? So, so we get a lot of talk about Frankie Knuckles, Ron Hardy. That wasn't your era. Nope. So we come to the hot mix five the, level, Generation I, Three. I am Generation right. Three. So uh, that's the hot mix five, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody like that. Mm-hmm. So when you came into the scene. Was there a DJ you like, oh shit, I had to listen to or every Saturday you you put a tape in to record? Who was that DJ? If it was one on the radio, it honestly it was Farley. Okay. If it if it was one. Right. But I was more into um And that's Farley Jack Master Funk. Mm-hmm. I was more into the love of James Brown at the time. Okay. Yeah. But we talking about on the house say. side, girl. We 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 keeping this house. Okay, damn. I know it's more, uh, but I'm just saying we keeping the house. Okay. So at the time, yeah, it was um it had to be Farley because I didn't like the way Kitty played a lot of urban cuts that I like. Right. At the time. Right. But uh Ralphie and all them. Okay. All right, so that's good. Yeah. So speaking of Farley, let's stay here. Okay. In the background, we you have the beautiful T-shirt truck that is your business. Yes, that's my. That baby. you do everything out of. You selling it. You go to every mm-hmm. every every gig you do. Um, the King of House just got his truck called the House Music Truck. Okay. What are your feelings in behind that? And you think he really he did some sucker shit? Ooh, okay. He did some sucker shit. Right. But you know, um. But what what if somebody say, well, Sunday, you 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 don't own a truck or nothing, like you know, you know, truck industry. Actually somebody did come to me this I still have a relationship with people in, in California. I know this guy that uh customized e bikes, but okay. the way that he did it, he was like, Hey, you know, Erica, I really adore your truck. Can you help me build a truck out here that I'ma just customize the e bikes? Right. He came to me more with, you know, respect instead of right. Farley just ripping my whole concept off. Right, right, right. Okay, you know? so you, did, did y'all ever talk about that? It's expected of Farley. <laughs> did y'all ever talk about that? Nope. I'm still waiting on the phone call. Wow. But it'll never happen. It'll right. never happen. I don't see Farley um, calling me, reaching out to me. Right. You know what he does now? What's so that? when the truck is booked on pull-ups, Farley follows my truck, and he'll pull up on the Your side. Your T-shirt truck? Mm-hmm. And he'll come behind you? Yep, and won't even speak anymore. Wow. And this Come is somebody... On, what's, what's going on with that, that man? That, um, man, I, I really looked up to Farley. Wow. You know, hmm. he was a... he was he, Regardless how I feel about him today, right. he still was a, a trailblazer. Right. For what he has done. Absolutely. For so speaking music. of that, 
Who was... I love how you cut my ass I'm off. I'm sorry. Did, okay. did, did you want to get him more into that? Absolutely Okay, because we can go, go through a therapy session now. Come on. I can sit on this couch right here. You ready? Yes. All right, talk about uh, what do you hate about Farley? He's a biter. You know, the concept... It's, it's God give all of us something. Right. Capitalize off that. Okay. It's too much in me to take this concept. Right. From somebody else, you know, I don't. I don't have to do Mimi. Mimi doing Mimi. Well, I mean, I think people understand that you was the first one to ever have a T-shirt truck that was out this world that people didn't understand what it was. So I think when they see that, they know this is something of your concept. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not done. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Meaning, I'm not done. I got some more dope ideas. Right. Um, just fly stuff. Everything I try to do, I try to do it with an edge. But it's right. just me. I don't even have to try hard. No, no, it's no just, doubt. You know, my fabric. <laughs> so, what was what was the first record that made you fall in love with house music? Beyond the clouds. Okay, you got who, you got named the person, the artist, and everything. I don't remember the artist. I know That's it was Mr. It Fingers, was, right? Yeah. Okay. It was a uh, red label. That was Tracks Records. Yeah, yes. come on, Mimi. Come on now. If you're gonna go ahead and speak this and you're a DJ, you should know this now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So that that was that what made you fall into in love with house music. Yeah, because when my uncle was playing so much house music, he was playing more he he was a disco head. Right. And I think it's because of him, I didn't really care for a lot of disco. Yeah. I grew to love disco. Because of the drummer side in me. Okay. I heard how the drummer controlled a disco record. Right. At the time in the 70s, when the drummers were playing, they was getting high. Right, so if right. they got a you know a two to blow or whatever, they own it. Right, they right, own right, it. Right. But when they you know, fell complacent in the pocket, yeah. they would slow down. Okay. And that's exactly what disco records would do. Okay. You know, you have to keep your hand on that pitch because oh, they don't absolutely. speed up, absolutely. slow down. They be something everywhere. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So name me your top five house records. I was going to say Chicago house, but it can be any house record because I know... Top you, five, you, maybe? Your, your, your broad spectrum. Yeah. Name me your top five go-to records that no matter where you go, you would play these no matter where you at because you know it's going to turn the party up. Believe it or not... Um, Percolator. Okay, that's one. Percolator works. Okay. When I played it in L.A. and they knew it, that that I I was taken back. Okay. When I that's, played it in one. in Memphis, I love how you rush my goddamn. I need it. four more. Four okay. More um, records. Percolator. I don't need to know the history of people loving the record. I said just see you five. didn't rush. Uh, Terry Hunter, you didn't rush Mike and Wayne. Don't be rushing me, me, me. I'm not rushing you, Erica. Okay, Percolator. Um, the house anthem, Marshall Jefferson and Curtis McClain. That's the move your body. Move your body. Um, do it have to be old? No, it can be new or anything. Do you need to see better with those glasses? No, French kiss. Okay. Um, I like, I want you for myself. It's like, oh yeah, George Duke. Yeah. Yes. George Duke. I want you for myself. And it doesn't have to be new, old, or it can be new, you know, whatever the latest. So give me one more. I I really um, it's a it's a toss between Hula's beat my drum. Okay, that's Hula Mahone. 
Um, Can't Stop the House, Terry's version. Terry Hunters, Ray. Um, and Be My Husband by you. Oh, thank you, Sunday. All right, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, so, I really like Be My Husband. <laughs> <laughs> Name me your top five house producers. Any order? Any order. It doesn't matter. Mike. What it is. Mike. Mike. Can we say the name, the last oh, name? Because a lot Mike of people Dunn. don't know. Right, okay. Mike Dunn. Uh, Hula Mahone. Okay. Hula Mahone. You, on, when when you're not moody. Okay. <laughs> when you're Damn. not moody. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm taking a liking to Steve Maestro. Stop for a second. Do, that, do the thing again. I got to edit this. God damn it. Gonna this is going to be a lot of we're yeah, editing. I'm yeah, sorry. Is man. that right? All right. So. You. Okay. So. When you're not moody. When I'm not moody. Okay. Um, and I'm taking a liking to Steve Maestro now. Okay. Yeah. Steve got some bangers. Um, who else? I like Young Terry. Y- young Terry? Who's Young Terry? Terry Hunter. I like his <laughs> older stuff. <laughs> Like damn, there's a new first producer gonna name Young Terry. I like I like Terry's older stuff. So you just say Terry Hunter, baby. That's what Terry Hunter. Say. Terry okay. Hunter. All I right. like Terry's Terry's, okay. you know, his older stuff. Okay. All right. So Sunday. We coming to the we coming to the close of this. Okay. Do you have any regrets of doing house music or in this music business from radio to doing music to DJing? Any regrets you want to get out, talk about, get it out your system? One main regret that I have, we missed the opportunity to be on Soul Train. And what, who was that? With who? Me and Fast Eddie. So we, y'all had a chance to be on uh, Soul Train. Wow. But I think Eddie was, um, uh, Benji booked it. The, the booking came through Benji. Right. Benji Espinosa from DJ International. And um, they kept inquiring, we really want the girl. We want Fast Eddie, but we, we really want the girl. Right. And at the moment, we had just came back from the first tour. He was like, you know, this is my album, my music. Right. And he was like, if I got to take her ass, we ain't going. Wow. And what do you know what year with this this was? Um, 89, 90-ish. Wow, that'd have been nice though. I see y'all because on it was we, it was still Don Cornelius. He still right. was the host. Yeah, it, it was the, uh, nice uh, to see you as in some bell oh. bottoms. No, no, no. <laughs> we were. Um, I think I had Ash. I had Ashley. So it okay. was definitely in the in the year of ninety. Okay. Because yeah, she was. We, yeah, I would have saw you in some polka dot then. Some polka dot. That That's what nice. you think of me? Yeah, I'm just saying. With the I, 90s, would, I, I wore that during the 90s, so it was good. That's you. You couldn't dress then oh, or now. Oh, boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sundays, what do you think the future of house music is? I think it is in good hands, but I have a problem with the um, first and second generation. Okay. I think that you guys need to mentor more. Okay. Because that's why it's so many young hip hop producers. Because so many of the Timberlands, the um, Pharrells, they they mentor, they have workshops, they teach how um, to move about in the music industry. So you with think, house, y'all don't do that. So you think young kids would want to do house music if they had the mentorship? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I, not only that, um, I think that more women will step up. Nice. More women. So speaking know? of that, since you said women, what's what's the future plans for Sundance in this business? Production. Okay. That's my next phase. I should have should have been and got into it. My cousin. He uh, influenced me a lot. Waxmaster Maurice, shout out to Maurice. Right. He said, "Erica, after ten years, you're going to production," and right. I didn't, I didn't believe it. But now I'm so inquisitive about right. production and right. drum machines and monitors and chords and just everything. So I thank you because I I sit with you. Right. Um, I sit with Mike when he's Mike Dunn when he's. Right. Here, right. <laughs> you know, right. I just think that it needs to be more workshops okay. because people right. want to get into house music. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to say, first off, this episode is sponsored by the T-shirt truck. Yes, it is. Sponsored by the T-shirt truck. Thank right. you. So you, you see the ad on there. And now if you want to reach Sundance, give them all your social media. Sundance. Social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram, Sundance, Chicago's tightest. On TikTok, it's the T-shirt truck. You give me a call. Thank you for the sponsorship, Mimi. It's 855-31-T-shirts. 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 That's right, y'all. It's everything house music and more. Thank you, Sundance. Y'all remember to subscribe, click the button, and hit the notification button. And um, you'll see more Sundance in the future. Yeah, you'll see me around Chicago in that big-ass, sexy truck. Girl, I love you. Thank you so much for doing this show with me. I appreciate you, and uh, we'll talk later. Peace. (sighs)